Hello, everybody. I'm Nina Soden, the redheaded author, author of the Urban Fantasy series, the Blood Angel series, the Sector C series, and the just released The Beast Within, an urban fantasy interactive novel. And I am super excited today because I have Anna Stewart here with me. Anna is a USA Today and national best-selling author. She writes sweet to spicy romances for Harlequin and Ark Manor's Kazik Romance. Her sweet heartwarming books include the Butterfly Harbor series, as well as the ongoing Blackwell Continuity series. She's also the author of the Honor Bound series for Harlequin Romance Suspense and contributes to the best-selling continuity series, The Coltons. Her second Butterfly Harbor romance, Recipe for Redemption, was optioned as a TV movie. I cannot wait to talk to you about this. And it airs at, aired as Christmas Recipe for Romance in 2019 on Up TV. That is amazing amazing all right so we are super lucky because anna is offered to do a two book giveaway not just one but two she is going to be giving away two autographed copies of bride on the run look at that beautiful cover fantastic yeah that's one of my favorite covers that's awesome (laughs) So I'm going to jump right in and get people excited about Bride on the Run. Can you read us the back blurb to that book? Sure. Fantastic. Okay, so finding true love in the unlikeliest places. Sienna Fairchild never imagined she'd be a runaway bride or that she'd stow away on a worn down boat belonging to handsome tour operator Monty Betancourt. Monty's used to navigating through rough seas, but Sienna might overturn his whole life and avoiding drama is tough in such close quarters. If Sienna's sure she doesn't know what she wants, then why does she? Why does running away feel so much like coming home? Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it, okay. was, it was a really fun book to write. So how long, I, I know you have, you published your first novella in 2014, if I'm re- remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And since then, yeah. you have published some insane amount of books, like, what, 40-something books? I believe I'm uh, published, meaning they're out. I believe I'm at 42. Uh, by the end of next year, I'll have hit 50. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, I mean, I am, like, totally mentally baffled at this point. I'm assuming you are a full-time writer. Yes, please tell me this. Yes, I am. Okay, because- I couldn't do it if I wasn't. Me with my multiple full-time jobs, multiple kids, and trying to write for like minutes at a time, I can't even fathom how to write that many books in that short amount of time. So I need to know, and I think anybody (laughs) out there who is a writer needs to know, what does your process look like? because you are churning them out like crazy. Um, I Well, I, there's a before and an after, so let's call it pre-COVID and post-COVID. Okay, what was pre-COVID like? <laughs> Pre-COVID, um, pre-COVID, I think for a long time I was reading, really riding the high of finally getting what I wanted, which was uh, multiple contracts with multiple publishers. So uh, for me, traditional publishing was always the goal. Um, I am not wired for indie publishing. 
Uh, I admire all of those authors who can make that work. I just want to write the books. Yeah. So um, a lot of stuff that the indie authors have to worry about, like doing the covers and doing the blurbs and finding editors and all. I don't do that. I write the book. I send the book off to my editors and I pray I'm going to get blessed with good covers and, and everything. You don't write the blurb? No. No, not for my not for my Harlequins. That's all done by that's by all done by editorial. Thank God, because I hate writing blurbs. Uh, yeah, that's one of the hardest parts. Yeah, like, and how that's how do you condense a 300, yes. 400 page book into a paragraph? It's yeah, hard. Exactly, and that's one one of the real big bonuses of being traditionally published, um, at least with my publisher and the publishers I've had previously, um, is that oh hello, this is Sherlock. Hello, Sherlock. Sherlock. And you have two cats, right? Rosie and cats. Sherlock. Yeah, this is Sherlock. She, she's, she's the one who's attached to me, and then Rosie's kind of glommed onto my mother. She's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And she knows it. Um, <laughs> so as far as the process, um, uh, at, at the peak of my productivity, I was probably writing between 15 and 20 pages a day. And um, I always took a cue from uh, Stephen King's advice where he said he always leaves off in the middle of a sentence or the middle of a paragraph so he can kind of pick back up immediately and drop into the story. So that's kind of the process that I followed. Um, I usually, when I get to the end of a day, and it usually takes me between three and four hours, and I'm a morning writer, so I'm usually at the computer by eight, I'm usually done by noon, and then... Uh, you know, I can do whatever else I have to do for the rest of the day. But um, uh, usually when I'm done writing for the day, I drop down and I write the next paragraph about what I think is gonna happen next. And nine times out of 10, when I sit down the next morning, that goes out the window, because I don't plot uh, most of the time. So you don't outline or plot anything. It's all no. fly by the seat of your pants, you're a pantster. I know what the conflict between the characters is. I know what the general uh, story is. And that's usually all I have when I'm going into a book. So all of that was pre-COVID. So I was really able to turn out, um, and, and just as a disclaimer, there's no formula to writing series romance. Every single book I've written has been different. My editors have been great about letting me write what I wanna write um, within the confines of the line uh, guidelines, of course. But, um, I very rarely have felt stifled as far as the stories that I want to tell, um, which is freeing in a way because then you do get to to really embrace your creativity and the, and the types of stories that that mean a lot to you. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of my process. I'd write in the morning, hopefully get 15 to 20 uh, 20 pages, uh, which puts me on a chart for finishing a book about every six weeks enough that I'm happy with it that I can send it off and then I wait for the edits to come back which sometimes they're really quick and other times they are not <laughs> right on the on the run incidentally was probably one of my most heavily edited books my editor hated that book it's still not her favorite and yet it's my highest uh it's gotten the best reviews of everything I've written it's probably the one that's gotten the best reviews readers are just loving it so wow um, yeah, so it, it, that was an interesting lesson to learn. But now, post-COVID, uh, things have slowed down a little bit. Um, I know um, my other cat is having a field day down there. Um, I got, um, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of 
I think a lot of people figured that writers were kind of living for COVID because we've been training for isolation and lockdown time to write for our entire lives. It's like a dream come true, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I am not one who's going out a lot of the house. I tend to be home a lot, but as soon as those lockdown orders hit in California, I'm like, it. I was paralyzed. Um, and I was doing okay until my mother had some health issues at the end and thank God it was not COVID related, but she was in and out of the hospital for six months. Um, and uh, that just, I, my writing came to a dead stop. So again, shout out to my editors at Harlequin who says, you take care of what you have to take care of. We will adjust, uh, we'll make this work for you. Um, I would get emails from my editor asking, how's she doing? How are you doing? It wasn't about the books, it was about me. So that was, um, that was really nice. Um, sorry. Silence my cat. Um, who never comes in here except when I'm online, of course. Of course, of course. So talk to me a little bit. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about, I, I know that with, with COVID, it completely stifled my creativity. And I've talked to a lot of authors that have felt the same way. Every now and then I get a gem that says, no, I've written so much more than oh, yeah. I, you know, now that I've been in COVID and I don't understand that. I definitely kind of eased back. And I think work picked up more, which is odd because I find that other people say they didn't work as much. I worked more. I found myself in my office working longer hours and not having time to write. Mm -hmm. But you're saying you write essentially a novel every six months or every six weeks. Every right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's what it's been. Let's see. In the last, in the last three months, I wrote two books two proposals and I'm currently finishing up a novella. Uh, okay. But that's making up for the lost time I lost during COVID. That's me catching up with the deadlines. And I still have four books I have to write to be able to catch up and be back to where I was. So, <laughs> ooh, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Let me see if I can take out. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, yeah. I can't hear you. Okay, hopefully this will work and the recording will hear us as well. Okay. All right, so with romance, what do you typically see as your length for your books? When you finish your novels, about how long are they? I'm usually right on targeted word count, which is about 70,000. Okay, and that's your first draft? I don't do drafts. I edit as I go. So when you send it off to your editor, they're going to do... Polished. It's, it's polished, polished. and mm. you don't have to do rewrites after that. Oh uh, yeah, I will after she edits it. But uh, okay. no, what I send my editor is my final product. And then okay. she'll send me back edits. Uh, that Typically I don't usually have to do a whole lot of rewrites. Some of them, I've, I think I've had two books um, that had extensive editing jobs, but I've been pretty lucky most of the time. And that's just me. I, I, I edit as I go. Typically I re-edit what I wrote the night before or the day before, and then I pick up and I take it out another few and then I edit. And so, and then I'm always going back and changing as I'm writing. Uh, and I think that's a symptom of being a pantser, uh, just because, and so far my brain is keeping up with me as far as, oh, I have to remember to go back and change that detail because I took off that way instead of this way. Um, and so, especially with my romantic suspense, that happens a lot. But um, 
yeah, so I edit as I go. So by the time I get to the end, I typically don't even reread it. I literally turn around to my other computer, I shoot it off to my editor and I say, done, moving on to the next one. All right. Now, when you pitched your series, did you pitch, this is what's gonna happen in each book or did you just pitch, hey, this is the one book and then I'll pitch you another book after that? No, whenever I put together a proposal, it's usually um, it's usually pretty fleshed out. Uh, the Butterfly Harbor series, I originally sold the first book as on its own. Uh, and I said, I have a plan to take this out. I didn't know at the time because I was, I was new and still learning the ropes as far as how Harlequin worked. Um, but they bought that shortly after they bought uh, the novella that I got published thanks to a friend of mine who was already writing for the line. And um, after that, I submitted a new proposal for the next three books, and I had each a synopsis for each one. Uh, and then I did four books and then four books for two subsequent contracts. I knew I didn't want to go any farther than 12, because I think asking a, a reader to invest in more than 12 books in a series isn't only exhausting for them, it's exhausting for me. I'm, I'm just getting ready to start the last book in the series. And um, I am actually very anxious to leave Butterfly Harbor behind and 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 see what else is out there for me for her army. So does that series follow one specific character or? No, it says it's a small town series. So um, book, uh, characters that you meet throughout all of the different books, most of them have gotten their own stories. Um, the one that's releasing at the end of this month, which actually I just got my print copies yesterday, is uh, Building a Surprise Family. So the hero in this book was in the first book and he's actually popped up in, I think almost every single book. And wow. he's, um, he's now a firefighter, but he was a sheriff's deputy uh, in the first book. And he's gone through some big transformations since that first book and you've kind of seen it progress, but now he finally gets his own story. And that's the 10th in the series, I think. That's very exciting. And it's exciting for you as well to see these characters coming to a close and to see the story coming to a close and wrapping it up. Yes. So yeah. I have to ask, I talk to authors a lot that write in all kinds of different genres. Why romance? What draws you to romance? And is that your favorite genre to read? It is. Uh, uh, Alas, I'm not reading nearly as much as I used to before I before I became a published author, which just breaks my heart because I was turning out a lot of reading uh, before then. But you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to think why romance. I think it's just part of of the human condition for me. You know, all the all the most of the TV shows I watch, most of the well, I shouldn't say that because I'm not a big romantic comedy girl. Um, I think it's just that human connection that happens in a romance novel that you don't, romance novels are all about emotion. Yes. They're about the human yes. condition. And, uh, you know, romance gets crapped on a lot in this industry and it just irritates me to death because the people who are saying that are the same people who loved the romance in Lord of the Rings or who loved the relationship between, you know, um, the the relate look at the fast and the furious movies and you've got vin diesel's character and his relationship with letty that's a romance people it's inside an action movie but it's a romance so when people and i mean you got the star wars movies which i'm a huge star wars fan han and leia 
I mean, come on, it's a romance. So Absolutely. I probably uh, a big reason why romance uh, clicked with me. And also I read a lot of horror when I was a child. So I was writing, I was reading horror and Stephen King before I found romance novels. And a high school friend gave me a, a book to read because we were doing those standardized test things um, which I always hated and I, I never did well because I never read the questions. I just filled out the scantrons and the little patterns. So, gee, I don't know why Anna can't excel. I don't care about standards. Awesome. But um, the second I read that romance novel, I'm like, where do I find more? It was, that was just it. Do you remember what that book was? I do, and I still have it. And it was Nora Roberts' Silhouette Intimate Moments, number 96. It was called Partners. I have since had it signed by her. <laughs> it sits on my Nora Roberts glass bookcase with every single first edition of everything she's ever written. Um, it's a very big bookcase. Um, uh, and it, uh, in fact, I remember when I finally got up, when I finally attended an RWA conference and um, I, attended the literacy signing which is like 400 authors in a room and it was like the mecca of romance as a, as a wannabe writer at that time and I, I uh, hand over the book for her to sign and I just burst into tears and to me it was just like the culmination I'm like I have found where I belong I have found what I wanted to do it took me a while to uh, <clears throat> do the work it took to get to where I wanted to be but for me, it was the second I opened that, if, the second I closed that first romance novel, I'm just like, that's it. That's all I want to do. So what advice would you give to an author who says, you know, I really enjoy romance. This is the, this is the genre I want to write in. What advice could you give to them? Read. Read romance. Read, read and write read everything you can get your hands on. And I don't just mean read romance, I mean read everything. Re I mean, I when I was, uh, when I finally got serious about my, my my writing, which was only about seven or eight years ago, well, see, 2011, was when I finally made the shift to, okay, if you wanna do this, you have to do this. You can't just play at it. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was reading true crime, I was reading uh, thrillers, um, I, I, I was doing a lot of reading to find out what I didn't want in my books, uh, which meant I was right. This is going to sound terrible. I was right, reading a lot of um, crime novels written by men uh, who um, don't always give the female characters the rounded out uh, description and depth that I wanted to be sure to include in mine. Yeah. So, um, uh, doing a lot of reading not only helps you discover what it is that you want to write it also discover helps help me to discover what i did not want to do um i didn't want to make these mistakes or i didn't want to write to this particular to this particular point or topic or um so read and write and you're never going to learn about writing unless you're writing and that gives give yourself permission to write the crap Give yourself permission to discover your own process and don't let anybody tell you that your process is wrong because your process is your process. And as many books as there are out there, that is as many processes as there are. So um, absolutely, that's my main advice. That's awesome. I could not agree with you more. You have to be reading, you have to be writing. 
it doesn't write itself. Books don't write themselves. So unless you put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, words don't come out. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. All right. So I know that we have talked a lot about your process, your books, but I really want to know how the movie came to be. I have no freaking idea. Yeah, no, that was that was lightning in a bottle. Um, I was getting ready to leave for my, I was attending my first uh, RT Book Lovers convention. It was in, gonna be in New Orleans, or was in New Orleans. So this was 2019. Um, it was literally like three days before I was leaving. And I get an email from my editor that said, congratulations, um, your book, Recipe for Redemption, has been chosen by uh, the producers of Brain Power Studios. We turned into a TV movie. Uh, filming began two weeks ago. They didn't I, tell you beforehand? No, I had, I had no idea until it was already, uh, they had already started filming. And at the end of that, it says, oh, by the way, if, if you have the opportunity and would you like to come, we'd like to fly you out to the set, which is in Toronto. I'm in California and I'm getting ready to leave. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know what to, I was standing in the kitchen with my mom reading her this email and she's all, is this a joke? And I'm like, apparently not. <laughs> So um, yeah, it was a it was it was total out of the blue. I had no idea. One of my uh, best friends, Melinda Curtis, who um, was incidentally the author who helped get me into heartwarming with that anthology, she had just gotten an email a couple of months before uh, saying that one of her books had also been picked up by this production company, and um, I remember thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna have to sit back and watch one of my best friends live out one of my biggest dreams because that was always one of my my biggest goals and I knew it was just going to be a total you know wing and a prayer whether or not that would ever happen so to have it happen to me shortly thereafter and then get the invitation to come up to the movie set which I did end up going up I got back from New Orleans and three days later I was on a I felt very I felt very Hollywood because you know you always hear about people jumping on planes and going to different things all of a sudden and I'm going to like New Orleans and then Toronto three days later. And um, I got to visit the set. I mean, I'm even in the movie. There is there is a little cameo shot of me in there. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm the one plus plus size girl representation in the film. I had fun oh, with it. I'm like, yeah. Cause it was a Christmas movie and it was in May and it they were having a hot spell. So it was it was really it was really interesting. But the I will say the production company and the cast and the crew, they were so fabulous and so excited and so welcoming. Of course, it was also Canada and that's what they're known for. So um, it was it was the experience of a lifetime. It really was. And I don't know whether it'll ever happen again, but I am definitely glad it happened now. Okay, so when you watched the movie and you saw your characters brought to real life, and not just in paper form, two questions. Did the characters live up to what you envisioned? And second question, how closely did the movie stay with your story? I'll answer the first part first. I was able to read the script um, before I got to the set. So I knew I knew the changes that they had made and they made a lot of changes. Uh, the book was not a Christmas story. Uh, they pulled, they kept, the, 
they kept the character names with the exception of her last name because of a trademarking thing. They couldn't use the original character's last name. Uh, they, uh, the actor that they cast as my hero is British and he has this beautiful accent. But as soon as I walked into the room and I saw him in person and uh, the first thing I said, and I'm sure sounds completely nutso now that I go back and think about it, it goes, oh my God, it's Jason. Because to me, he looked exactly like what I had envisioned this particular hero. And then he spoke and he has a British accent and I'm like, okay, even better. I should have thought about doing that. Um, they kept the main main plot of the story, which is about a cooking competition that the heroine, the heroine's a disaster in the kitchen. She has to enter a cooking competition in order to win some money to save her family in. Uh, they tweaked it a lot. There's a lot more nuance and a lot more, um, more emotional uh, backstory and elements that go into some decisions that she makes in the books that of course they can't put on the screen because it reads better than it plays, if that makes sense. So it's actually two completely different stories with uh, common elements, I would say. But I was I was more than happy with the way that it turned out, and it was it was really interesting to see how they actually take that and tweak uh, tweak a person's you know seventy thousand page book into essentially an eighty page script. Do you or did you have any input into that? Or I mean, obviously they did it without you even knowing. So was that when you sell your rights to your book, to your publisher, they get all of the rights? Did you benefit from that in any way? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we, I, mean I got paid for it, which was very nice. And it was an unexpected payment that, uh, that helped get us over a bump at home, of course. Uh, but um, uh, no, when I, when I sign my Harlequin contracts, it's built in. Film rights, audio rights, all of that is built into the, into the contract. So I know what I'm getting into when I sign it and if that opportunity presents itself. And, you know, it, it the way it worked out for me turned out to be very, very smooth because I, I don't know how I would have survived knowing months ahead of time that they were going to make my book into a movie and then you're just waiting for word on what's going to happen next. Literally, I found out and then I'm shortly on a plane up to the thing and then I only had to wait, what, five months, six months for it to to pop up on up TV. So yeah, it and, and I'm sorry, I forgot the first the first question that you had. You asked oh, me. No, you answered it. It I was did. Okay. did the characters live up to your your imagination? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And the actress who played Abby was just absolutely adorable. I follow her. Her name's Madeline Leon and she um She's been doing quite a few movies for Up TV uh, uh, before and since. She also did one that was based on one of Christine Rimmer's romances. Um, she's really cute on Instagram and uh, follow her. She's great. Sebastian Sacco, who plays the hero, too. I follow him on Facebook and Instagram, too. So um, it's it's kind of nice keeping up with them after the fact. And, and I, I hope the movie was as fun an experience for them as it was for me. That's awesome. So is there anything that we have not yet covered that you would like my viewers to know either about you, your process, your books, if you've got something coming up, anything like that? Um, well, I'm really excited. I have a, I have a new uh, a single title series that will launch next um, November, and that'll be with Kazik Romance, which is uh, Ark Manor's new division. Uh, they're starting a new romance line. Uh, they've published a couple of anthologies so far that I've been a part of. And they asked me to uh, actually be their launch author 
for uh, this new line, which I'm super excited about because they literally said, what do you want to write? That's awesome. It is. It's, it was a dream come true. And I, I threw out a couple of ideas. There's there's one in particular I really wanted to to write, but it, it um, they didn't want to start off with paranormal romance or paranormal elements because they're primarily previously a science fiction fantasy house. So they kind of want to uh, distinguish themselves in romance first. And I thought, well, I've got this idea. It's kind of Women's Murder Club meets L.A. Confidential. And my and the editor was like, oh, my God, that's it. Let's do it. So uh, it'll be a five book series. The first book will be out next uh, November. I think it's November 9th. They've given me. Um, I will start writing it probably in November. Um, but I, that's when I actually I am kind of doing some plotting out because I know it's a five book series, but all of the books connect together with a common thread and each one will have a different uh, couple. But you said it will come out November 9th? Next year. And then year. you said, oh, next Two, year. 2000, I'm sorry, 2022. Okay, I was like, how are you gonna start writing it in November and have it come out November 9th? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna jump into the TARDIS and then I'll just, you know, time travel it back. And That's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so next year it'll launch. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations for that, that's amazing. Thank you, I'm looking forward to it. So I like to end all of my author interviews with the James Lipton Inside the Actors Studio questionnaire. So if you know what that is, fantastic. If not, fantastic. So no explanations necessary, just the answer that pops into your mind. Okay. What is your favorite word? Romance. What is your least favorite word? deadline (laughs) what turns you on George Clooney Mm, what turns you off Uh, literally a list flipping through my head Uh, intolerance what sound or noise do you love I love baby laugh, babies laughing. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh God, the my cat howling before she's gonna puke. Yes. Oh God. Oh yeah. my God, that is the worst. It is terrible. Yes. Okay. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, I don't have to worry, right? Nope. Fuck. Okay. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's the the 12 years of Catholic school. You end up with a really good swearing vocabulary. (laughs) What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I, you know, I seriously considered becoming a professional chef. I love to cook and I love to bake. Um, And that would have been awesome. But I also knew I didn't have the, that's another profession that I don't have the stamina for, I don't think. But that that would have been it. What profession would you not want to do? Politics. Mm. All right, last and final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Your grandmother and uncle are waiting to see you. Yeah, that's nice. 
Okay, that is Anna Stewart, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Anna, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this interview with me. I really appreciate you and uh, cannot wait to get this aired for everybody. Everybody, if you are watching and you would like to enter to win one of two copies of Runaway, no, Bride on the Run, comment below, like this video and subscribe to my channel and you will be entered to win. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye everybody.